Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's, there's nothing more relaxing than... Disco. Adrift with Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. Hello. Hello. Would you like me to put the central heating on? Oh, because I've left my coat on. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling a bit, I think the word is nesh, isn't it? I'm a bit nesh at the moment. Do you know what I should have said? I should have said, you're not stopping. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I do look like I'm like about to go out the door, I know. Yeah. Um, so I'll start with some good news. Um, I uh, got the all clear. I neither have anything sinister or kidney stones. Yeah. I'm just a medical mystery. They don't know why I'm uh, every now and again bleeding out of my peen. So... <laughs> Medical mystery. <laughs> I know, so maybe that that's it. They'll name a syndrome after me. That's the big dream, isn't I'll it? I'll be paraded yeah. in mm. front of the great medical minds. How can you make money out of it? That's the first <laughs> thought, isn't it? Yeah. Can I write a book? Uh, maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah. About my uh, my ordeal as a medical mystery. So, uh, so, so that's that. Um, aside from that, have you noticed anything different about me? No. Nothing. No, when I said you looked a bit dishevelled when I came in, but I think that's the way you've been sitting you, on the but, sofa. But you don't think I look younger? Oh, have you had Botox? No, I've smashed the screen on my phone. What? Well, so I've cracked the screen on my phone. I haven't yeah. got around to having it fixed yet. So why you, has that made you look younger? Because all young people have smashed phone oh. screens. <laughs> Uh, oh, I see. Right, yeah, you, you do seem a lot younger. Yeah, yeah. It's it's kind of a hip. I might start hanging around outside the <laughs> off license, asking people to buy booze for me um, with my cracked phone screen. I was on public transport earlier, and th- it was very busy, and there was one seat, and I was coming from one end of the carriage, and I saw somebody else hurtling towards it from the other end of the carriage, oh. and we got to it exactly the same thing, and uh, exactly the same time, and I, I, I ultimately think she deferred to me because I was older than she was. She was like a twenty-something, oh. and I thought, please let that be true. Because the amount of times when I've been on public transport and it's been too busy to sit down, mm. and and then I've thought, why is anybody looking at my grey hair and thinking <laughs> I should give him a seat? But now you think you've, you've like reached the edge now, and now people will start doing it. Maybe I referred to myself uh, the other day in conversation as going grey, and the other person just laughed and said, "Going." <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, so I mean, that must be a fringe benefit, no pun intended, of having grey hair. 
From a distance, maybe you might seem older than you are. Well, just 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 generally, I just think you know, some I should be deferred to in that situation. Well, you, you were there. We'll Great. See. We'll see. Um, here's another thing that happened earlier. I, uh, I I went out on a sort of semi-social lunch. Basically, some people I worked on a project recently with. Uh, we we all went out for lunch, mm-hmm. and as it was winding down, one of them said, "The I think the worst." possible thing you can hear at the end of any social interaction okay or any interaction really they said which you which way are you going oh it's the worst yeah it is the worst, yeah, because you don't know what the same way as them. No, I don't want to. You I can't predict sit, what no. way they're going. So, but some people like like whatever you're doing with somebody, be it a work thing, a social thing, that is the thing. Mm-mm. When it's over, it's over. It's over. Yeah, I don't want to extend it by commuting any part of your commute. I don't want to do any of that with you. I just want to be on my own to recharge my batteries after having to be in the company of other human beings. Mm-mm-mm. Like. And and the the words which way you're going, it's I mean, because you try and then second guess which way they're going and say the opposite. <laughs> yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. Oh, so so did you have to walk with them? Uh, no, I didn't. I pretended I had to take a call. Oh, I said, oh, oh. I, I've, I've got to I've got to ring something. I mean, there you go. I'm not leaving quite yet. Yeah, I'm just going to the toilet. People do that, don't they? I'm just going to the toilet. Because yeah. what you can't say is which way you're going. Then if somebody says to you which way you're going, you can't reply with which way are you going. And then when they say their answer, they go, oh, I'm going the other way. <laughs> <laughs> I was with someone once at a train station and it was one of those which way are you going things yeah. after a long journey. And I'm convinced that she pretended that she had to go to this. It was like one of those, you know, that tiger shop that sells those random things. It was like one of those shops. She had to get something from there. No one has to get something from there. It's like a browsing <laughs> shop, isn't it? It's not like, I need to get something shop. Yeah. And she, had, and she pretended that she wanted to go there to avoid getting the tube with me. Just the, 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 here's the thing that you should be saying at the end of a lunch. Said, do you, do you want to give me a head start or shall I give you a head start? Yeah, yeah let's be honest about yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who's going to go first, you or me? Yeah. Drift. Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. If you get close enough, you can taste the freshness. Do write to us. Oh, please. If you haven't already and tell us about uh, situations you've found yourself in where you've been floundering like an upturned turtle, uh, you can email us hello at adriftpodcast.com. This is from Dylan from New Hampshire, USA. USA. And he says, only been listening for a few months. New listener. It's great to hear. Lovely at this time of year, New Hampshire. I oh, yeah. The autumn. Never been there, but, you know, just from what I've gleaned from John Irving novels and, and the like. I looked a picture of some trees on the internet once and it looked lovely. Yeah. <laughs> Very nice. Dylan says, I don't normally see myself as a drifter, but I tend to gravitate towards the classification the most when I'm working. I'm a window cleaner by trade, and I find that I typically like to keep client or contractor communications to a minimum. Otherwise, I always find a way to vomit out some awkward (laughs) sentence in an attempt to compliment or make small talk. See, I think you are a drifter, Dylan, Mm, is what what we're learning here. Deep down, yes. This means that when it comes to using the bathroom in someone else's home that I'm servicing, I am full of absolute dread at the prospect of asking to use their private facilities. I always imagine they see me as some disgusting, hulking blue-collar worker who will destroy their bathroom without a second thought. Unreasonable, I know, but it's important you know that before I tell you this story. 
I was working at a house with a fellow employee in a quiet suburban town, scant of any forest, only flanked by two other houses quite close on either side. This unfortunately meant that if I needed to use the bathroom, I couldn't use the thick woods to hide my shame. (laughs) (laughs) That's how I'm going to start referring to all my toilet visits. Hiding my shame. Given my anxiety about asking, I decided to wait it out. So I waited and waited until I was in so much agony that I was dancing like a five-year-old. My colleague, who is normally who is normal and cool in any situation, urged me to go and just ask already. So I stumbled to the front door and composed myself as best I could. I knock, and after what seems like an eternity, the little old woman who owns the house comes to the door. The following exchange occurs. Hi there, may I please use your bathroom? What? Can I use your bathroom, please? No. Utter terror, my worst nightmare. Why? I wince in a defeated tone. She doesn't say anything. I have no choice but to abandon ship. The emotional and physical distress is too much for my bladder. I ran. I left her standing at the door and I bolt behind her house. But it was too late before I could fumble to get my pants down to ease nature. In the most private corner I could find, I burst and I peed my pants like a five-year-old. My shorts darkened and my pride wounded. I turned to see my colleague. I spluttered to explain as best I can and beg him to go cover for me and talk to the elderly woman. He complies and returns a few minutes later and tells me not only did she let him use the bathroom, but apparently she didn't hear me properly and wondered why I ran away. Side note, why in blazes did she say no when I asked then? To top it all off, we had to do the interior pains afterwards and the ancient woman spent the entire time sitting in her overstuffed chair eyeing us accusingly as we uncomfortably (laughs) finished the job. Fortunately, my shorts had dried, but the shame was as wet as fresh paint. I was was talking to somebody recently who is uh, a a pop musician, like somewhat well-known to the extent that they get to um, perform at private parties for extortionate sums of money. And they were telling me that they did one at some big posh house out in Essex or somewhere recently. And, you know, this person had had a big marquee erected in their garden right? uh, where the performance would take place. And when this acquaintance of mine arrived, they were told that they were allowed to use the toilet inside the house. Right. But their band, backing singers, weren't. Oh, wow. People are insane, (laughs) aren't they? Yeah, wow. Okay, and this is from Rachel. She says, I was listening to the Oxabrook Students Problem, episode 103. I simply had to write in and confess that I too have had this problem. And do you remember this? It was someone who goes to Oxford Brooks University, but people get confused and think he means Oxford University and he yes. doesn't know how to correct it. Okay, so she says, when I was off in my place at Oxford, not that one, university, my parents were pleased for me. I have no doubt. It was a bit strange receiving a congratulations card from a distant family member who told me they always knew I would make Oxbridge. I wasn't sure if it was a slightly cruel joke, but I think we laughed it off as silly Auntie Agnes getting a bit confused. Then one day I was at home and my mum sheepishly came over to me to tell me something. I think she looked slightly embarrassed, but it's hard to tell because this is not an emotion I'd ever really seen in her before. She had some friends coming over for lunch, she said, and, well, the thing is, 
they might not realise I'm actually at Oxford Brookes University. They might have jumped to their own conclusions. Anyway, it definitely wasn't her doing, but she might not have corrected them. Maybe it was the way she simply told people I was going to university in Oxford. Oh, well, there goes the doorbell. Just play along, won't you? A very painful (laughs) afternoon ensued, mostly involving me awkwardly avoiding questions about Oxford and having to smile vaguely when Julia, whose son went to posh school, and Mary, who happened to be one of my former teachers, offered me their huge congratulations. Julia's son was also keen to try for Oxford. Hey, maybe I could show him around one day if he went up to visit. It gets worse. During the uni holidays, I came back home to work shifts in a local pub. I'll spare you the details, but it was the kind of pub where dribbly men who looked 40 years older than they probably were would bang on the door of the pub at 10 to 9 in the morning as we prepared to open to be let in. Anyway, it wasn't long before my colleagues, none of whom had gone to university themselves, jumped to the assumption that I was at the University of Oxford and proceeded to tell some of the regulars what to do at that point. I had honestly tried to explain that there were in fact two good universities in Oxford and I happened to be at the other one, but I'm pretty sure it fell on deaf ears to a crowd who actually didn't care enough to listen about the university system. To them, you're either clever and went to a posh university or you stayed in the town and worked in pubs like these forever. So in the end, I just went along with it to the point where when one regular asked me which college was at, I muttered, um, Exeter? Knowing he was unlikely to have heard of it. Reliving all this now feels shameful, but maybe it did help me to forgive my mum a bit for accidentally on purpose telling her friends I was at Oxford. It's now almost 10 years since I graduated. My mum and Julia are still friends and she even sends me Christmas and birthday cards and I still play along as the clever Oxbridge graduate whenever I see her. (laughs) So there's the answer to the problem. We should uh, include um, just playing along as a topic. We'll we'll ask you for any stories which involve you just playing along with some thing out of uh, sort of social uh, social politeness or, or whatever Let's see what we get back on that it's hello at adriftpodcast.com you will be reminded of this show and this feeling adrift when you wake up jeff lloyd and annabelle port adrift annabelle let's have a way in which you're not a fully functioning adult part 35 and it is more things that i should be able to do easily but can't I've got four more things to add to the list that are so far included. Holding a baby, open child safety caps, open bottles of water from Pret-a-Manger, ironing without weird brown stuff coming bubbling out the bottom of the iron, inserting a note in a self-service still and expressing basic human emotions. So to add to that, I was going to put in being able to tell if clothes are dry or not. I... <laughs> Pray most times. <laughs> this is a laugh of recognition. Yes. <laughs> Why is it so hard? I pray most days that someone will invent a device that you press on clothes that are hanging up to dry and it instantly tells you if they're dry or not or if they need a bit longer. Like obviously, I'm fine with wet. I can tell wet and I'm okay when something has been drying on the radiator for ages and is stiff with dryness. <laughs> But it's that in-between stage that I really, and you clearly, struggle with. Like, if I ever got married to Tom and then divorced, it would be on record that the reason for the divorce was my unreasonable behaviour of asking all the time, do you think this is dry? (laughs) (laughs) And I do think it's become a bigger issue since I had a child because I worry about putting him in damp clothes. Before, I'd quite often put something on, realise it was still wet, but think, oh, my body will dry it. But it's quite frowned upon to send a child out in wet clothes, isn't it? So, yeah, I find I find that really difficult. Next one, and this isn't 
so much of a problem, but I do feel envious seeing others do it with ease. And it is cut your nails with scissors. I can only use nail clippers. I do feel it's the equivalent of still having stabilisers on my bike at 44. (laughs) I should be able to do this. But I lost my nail clippers recently and I thought I'd take the big step up to scissors. Could not do it. My nails are all wonky in different lengths. How are you with this? Can you manage? This is interesting to me. So Mm. I didn't use nail clippers ever until I was into my 20s. And and then somebody said to me, why don't you use nail clippers? Oh, Right. And we just never had them in our house. And right, so, right. Uh, so now I use nothing but and going back to scissors. It seems like the other way. It's, it seems like nail clippers are the the more the, the bigger technological advancement. Uh, Why would you be using scissors? Well, because I, because I lost my nail clippers. So I had to go back to scissors. Oh, I see what you, did, yeah. See what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, my, and I know, you know, money's tight, but I think you could probably afford some nail clippers. No, I bought some new ones now, obviously. Right, okay. And they're much cheaper than I thought they were. Yeah, but it was a day when I really needed to cut my nails. They were getting ridiculous. Mm. And I, but I couldn't find my nail clippers anywhere. Mm. And so I tried scissors and terrible. Why don't you use the body's nail clippers? The body? Well, my mouth? Yes. Body's nail clippers? <laughs> I never thought about my teeth as being the body's inbuilt nail clippers. Quite but you right. can't do your toenails with them. I, well, mean, I can. Unless you take it, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Good for but you. I think I would have done a better job with my body's nail clippers. So my mm. friend Chris, no. uh, like me, is a nail biter, but he also doesn't use uh, nail clippers or scissors on his toenails. What does he use on his toenails? When he's in the bath, yeah. he just sort of keeps bending them until they eventually break. Bending them, yeah. Just so the water softens them, and then it's just like bend, bend, bend. I would not be able to do that. So I have very, very thick toenails. My little toe, in particular. You know how nails are made from keratin, and also horns are made from keratin. My little toenails are like little goat's horns. They had to be clipped (laughs) like I'm an animal. I wouldn't. I would not be. Nothing could bend it. Nothing. Nothing ever. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I'll move on to the third one now. Knowing what colour eyes are. <laughs> and I mean looking at them and identifying a colour. Like I'm okay with brown, yeah. very bright, bright blue or green. Anything else, I'm clueless. Like what colour are my eyes? No idea. <laughs> I've known you for nearly twenty years. Yeah. I have what, what colour are they? I mean I would describe them as green. You but... don't even know. No, because they, they, I mean they they've changed a bit as I've got older. I right. always thought I had green eyes and now I would say the sort of greyish green. Greyish green, okay. Well, <laughs> I, I've stared at my child's eyes for hours. I've still no idea what colour they are. The best colour name I can come up with is Sludgy. <laughs> I'm so paranoid he's going to go missing. I'll have to say, he's got blonde hair, uh, white skin and um, sludgy eyes. Like I, I just, I'm terrible with eye colour. Oh, this is good. Okay, last one now. Yeah. And this is recapture. Do you know what I mean when I say recapture? So it's when websites are checking you're a human and where it says, are you a robot? Then you have to follow a task. Now, if you have to take a box, brilliant. I can do that, obviously. Basic maths, if it says like two by two, fine. Very fine. I've got a calculator to hand. But if I have to type some letters that are written weirdly, I've got no chance at all. I got it wrong so many times recently in a row. I found myself thinking... Am I a robot? Am I an experiment? A robot living among humans? <laughs> it would explain an awful lot. So I'm going to have to change this bit next week to ways I'm not a fully functioning robot part one. 
Have you had the one which says like tick all the boxes with traffic lights? Yes, recently, yeah. And I always like think it's a, a trick question. <laughs> so if like one bit of the traffic lights, yes, yes. it spills over a into tiny another box. Bit. Does that I'd, count? Like, yeah, do you tick it or not? Oh, so yeah, stressful, yeah. yeah. Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. Hi. It's a show and it's also a demeanor. You know, I was saying when, when I was off on holiday, I deleted a load of stuff off my phone for the duration of holiday, like, for example, uh, email and Twitter and Facebook and so on. Yeah. One of the things I deleted was WhatsApp. Okay. And I haven't reinstalled it. Oh, you don't like WhatsApp, do you? No, don't like it. Don't like being added to groups. Oh. Don't like it uh, that people can see when you've read the message. Mm. Don't like the name WhatsApp. I hate the name. Yeah. So, so it's gone. But something awful has happened. Mm. So I thought I would just be able to slope off WhatsApp quietly. And then Mm. if somebody tried to WhatsApp me, I just wouldn't turn up. Yeah. Somebody told me the other day, they got a little message saying, Jeff Lloyd has left the group. Oh, yeah. So Yeah, yeah. But that was part of the reason I didn't want to be on WhatsApp in the first place, because I didn't want to be in groups and then be seen to leave them, because it looks like, who does he think he is leaving the group? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I do think that every time someone leaves a group, I think, who do you think you are? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you do think it. I don't want to be in this group. It's a real flounce. I don't want to be flouncing out. Yeah, Yeah. you can't leave without it seemed like a flounce. Yeah, Yeah. but that's what I've done. Every group, every conversation I was ever in on WhatsApp, it now says Jeff Lloyd has left the group. Oh, I don't want to make an announcement. <laughs> like when I go out of an evening, if I have to attend a social function above a certain number of people, mm. I'm not going round and saying goodbye to everyone. No, of course not. not. Announcing, I'm leaving now, everyone. <laughs> Form one of those arches with your arms like at a wedding reception. <laughs> oh. I just want to slope out quietly, slope off quietly. Oh, well, you've not done that, have you? No, it's awful. A quick reminder that you can support the podcast on Patreon, patreon.com stroke adrift. Pledge a little bit of money every month. It helps us enormously. It helps us carry on doing the podcast. We're very grateful. We'll give you a title uh, and we will soon go on a tour around Annabelle's neighbourhood. Very soon. soon. Did your mum say whether she'd come up or not? Um, Well, she's quite flexible. She can't do this week, but yeah, she's quite flexible. Well, there we go. Logistics have (laughs) really been nailed down at this point. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, but... uh, Anyway, you know, just to say, if you listen to us every week, why not bungers a, a small amount of cash for our troubles? I hate begging so much. Mm. I'm not going to help. <laughs> Wait, I've mentioned this before, but when you were on maternity leave, one mm. of the episodes I did, I did with a, a brilliant American podcaster called uh, Greta, and she really taught me how to do it. And over time, I've I've lost the ability to... To, when I say taught me how to do it, I don't mean podcasting. I mean this thing, because on American public radio where she works, mm. it's not like the BBC where, you know, you have a licence fee. They're constantly having to ask for donations to keep going. Uh. And they do it in just this great way that just pushes people's buttons, mm. but also makes you feel good about it, make you feel like you're part of something. And I feel for a few weeks after that, I was so good at this begging malarkey. And now I've gone back to my deeply uncomfortable... <laughs> Thing. But we we need to, it needs to you know we need to just chuck it out there every week. Just uh, we just can't to, do it without you. Is that we can, enough? We can't do it without you. Exactly that. Yeah, you should. Why am I doing this every <laughs> week and not you? <laughs> it's uh, patreon.com stroke adrift. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. 
And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you know where you're going, it doesn't matter if the location is going in that same direction because you're already making the move. Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port are adrift. We went round to uh, to see some friends for lunch on Saturday, Uh, people whose company I enjoy enormously, lovely family. But the kids are now starting to just get beyond the age where I'm feeling socially comfortable with them. Okay. So I think I'm really good at with small kids because mm-hmm. you know I can shake hands with them and pretend that they won't give me the hand <laughs> my hand back and that always goes down very well mm. or pretend I've stolen their nose or this kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I start you know my my small talk becomes as bad with children past a certain age as it is with all adults. Okay, so what's your cut-off point? So seven, eight, I think nine? so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we had a little bit of, um, they like Strictly Come Dancing, so I was saying, who's your favourite judge? Right, okay. But, you know, I, I'm not good with the follow-up questions. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just, um, I'm out of my comfort zone. But, the, yeah, I mean, teenagers are the worst, though. Of course, yeah. Something I've never talked about with anyone is like one of, a terrible, terrible thing that happened to me once. <laughs> talking to a teenager okay so some years ago i was around at a friend's house she has or had at the time a teenage son i'm going to put him at this point at 14 or 15 right and you know i'm just hanging out with him at some point we're just one-on-one me and him mm-hmm. and um he's asking like so i get the impression he's at this age where he's testing boundaries and being a bit naughty and he kind of wants to talk about that and he's asking me what I was like when I was his age, what kind of things I got up to. Yeah. And the thing is, I couldn't really think of anything because I wasn't a particularly rebellious teenager. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know like, a lot of people, they really want to establish their own independence from their mum and dad. But with me, I was very much like... Oh, I just want my mum and dad to like me. <laughs> Which they did. <laughs> okay. I didn't want to, you know, upset that delicate balance. Mm-mm. So anyway, he was saying, tell me about something naughty that you did when you were a teenager. Okay. And I, I'd like search my mind. And the only thing that sprung to mind is I just said without thinking about it. Mm. I said, oh, well, once when I was uh, d- doing a paper round, like Eddie, Eddie from next door worked in the paper shop and he, uh, he got some mucky magazines. And uh, I remember having a mucky magazine in my bedroom and then hearing my mum come in and I hid it in the air vent and, and shut it so quickly that it fell down the cavity between the brick walls in the house. So like somewhere in the walls of our old house is, is like a dirty book from 1987 because like having a mucky magazine was about as a bad a thing as I ever did as okay, a teenager. Yeah. What I then realised sort of straight afterwards completely inappropriate thing to say yeah, yeah. like and i i wonder if that like that, that what is now a grown man is in therapy and if he ever talks <laughs> about the t- like did he think i was trying to groom him 
Don't you think it's weird thinking, though? What's a mucky magazine? Does it mean it had dirt on it? Like, did you drop it in the mud? That's probably all he thought. Mucky Why? magazine. Why was I talking to a teenage oh. boy about having a, a mucky book? Because you were trying to please him, trying to give him what he wanted—a naughty story. Oh God, it's awful. It's the person that sometimes get in touch with you, but then you don't talk to them very often because you're just like busy. And it's not that you don't like them, it's just that you don't like them that much. So you just kind of lose touch and uh, go... Adrift with Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. I am ready for quandaries. Give us a quandary. Okay, the first one is from Anon. This is something that has bothered me since my daughters were very young. And seeing a parent dithering yesterday brought back the memories. Which toilet do you go in when your child of the opposite sex needs to go and they are too young to go on their own and you're the only adult with them? Dads with young daughters. I feel very uncomfortable for them to go to the gents with the whole urinal thing, but then it feels extremely awkward taking them to the ladies. Mums with young sons. It's very off-putting if a woman comes into the gents. I feel this is the slightly easy one as it seems intuitive for the mum just to take them into a cubicle in the ladies. Thoughts? Yes, so I haven't had to, you know, because I haven't got a daughter, I haven't had to deal with this. I think, like, your default option has to be look for the disabled toilet. Okay, yeah. You know, that's that's the the, the first one, but often they have those special keys. Uh, Do, is it like getting, excuse my ignorance here, but is it like, you know, when people are granted key to the city? Is that how it is? If you're disabled, you get like given a special key. I've never thought of it like that. Do you thought, wear it around your neck? I mean, what? Where is? I thought you had to go and ask for it, which is always sound like really bad. But I just don't know the answer. I don't know that either. Um, I think you should do what I see parents do sometimes: is send them in on their own, and then just keep like putting your head around the door, going, "You're right in there. You're right in there." <laughs> I think I'll just do that a lot. <laughs> um, I think it's quite difficult. I'd never occurred to me that this is a thing. Um, I'm trying to think what my dad used to do with us because I've got a sister. Mm. I think he used to take us into the men's changing rooms at swimming, I think. I I can't remember. That feels like it would be the thing to do. Because he he couldn't take us into the ladies' changing rooms because then he'd be a man in the ladies' changing rooms. We must have gone in the men's. You see, this is a a perhaps unintended benefit of the gender-neutral bathroom, isn't it? Ah, yes, yes. I was a great pioneer with the uh, gender-neutral bathroom at the radio station we used to work at. Were you? Yeah, like, so if you imagine a stairwell and on every half floor there was a toilet, Mm. right? And the toilets alternated male, female, male, female. Mm -hmm. But within those toilets, there was no communal area. They were just two individual cubicles. Yeah. So I would always just go to the ladies, (laughs) which was easier to run at from the studio because it was a downstairs run. Yeah, yeah. Um, and also, because of the ratio of male employees to female employees, it was less likely to be occupied Mm-mm. when I had to sort of get back before the stereophonics had finished. So when you say pioneer, what you're really saying is you just used to use the ladies' toilets. Yeah, but there was no reason that should have been a ladies' toilet because there was no area mm. in which you you would just... Yeah, yeah. Th- there was no point in it being a gendered toilet. Yeah, yeah. But you didn't... You weren't really a trailblazer and by the time you no, left, I was. they were all... That's I was. <laughs> It was just you. No, nothing changed. I don't know. Maybe it has, and if it hasn't, then then that is a great. You know when, you know um, when Rosa Parks sat there on that bus. It didn't like that second. It didn't just change. Right, it takes time. Exactly. Okay, but you can be the spark that leads to the flame. Of course, of course. I should think about it that way. Yeah, Yeah. you're quite right. Yeah. Okay, so we've answered that. 
Ish, Ish. I think so. Okay, let's move on to the next one. Uh, this is from Jenny. Every year since I was very young, I'm 31 now, we've always gone to my aunties for Christmas dinner. The other attendees have traditionally consisted of my parents, brother, aunties and uncles, cousins and grandparents. Over the years, various family members have unfortunately passed away, including four years ago, the Christmas hosting auntie in question. Christmas has always been a big deal in our family and after she died, we were all a bit lost as to what to do and where to go for the big day. Fortunately, my cousin Andy and his fiancée Gemma stepped up and took up the mantle of hosting last year. My partner Nick and I weren't there as we were with his family, but apparently they bought and cooked the whole meal for everyone, about 12 people in total, in lieu of buying presents. This year they've offered to host again and we are able to make it this time. It's my first family Christmas in four years after living abroad, so I'm really excited to be spending the day with everyone again. As I mentioned before, Christmas is a big deal for the family. The other day, our big family WhatsApp group received a text from Gemma. She says she's happy to host again, but as there are so many of this year, about 15, she's requesting that everyone chips in for the cost of the food. Here's the thing. She's requested £25 per person for the food, not including alcohol. I think this is absolutely extortionate. According to her calculations, a Christmas dinner for 15 people would come to £375, not including drinks. I'm pretty sure she's just shopping at Tesco, not Fortnum Mason. On top of all this, <laughs> I've become vegetarian since I was last at a family Christmas do and I've already told Gemma to not worry about cooking a separate meal for me. I'll make my own nut roast, stuffing and veggie pigs in blankets and bring them along. As a serial people pleaser, I don't want to complicate her day or inconvenience anyone. I had planned to splash out and get myself a posh nut roast from a higher end supermarket. However, this now means I'll be spending, I'll be sending them my £25 plus spending about £15 on my inconvenient veggie food. What shall I do? A couple of people have already applied in the family group chat saying the amount is fine, but a couple of us have been secretly discussing it in our own WhatsApp messages, unimpressed (laughs) at the amount, but too scared to question it. I've already suggested everyone bring a dish each, meaning Gemma won't be left with the entire meal to make, alleviating the pressure and sharing the load. But this idea was shot down. She wants to be in control, do it all and finds that idea too stressful. As a drifter who hates confrontation, my natural instinct is to say nothing and just pay the £25 for everyone to eat their meaty meal while fuming silently into my nut roast. But I've now been obsessing about the problem for two days and I just can't help but think it's an unbelievable amount to be asked to pay for a family dinner. I mean, I sort of think you've answered your own question, which is as a drifter, you don't say anything but sort of seethe about it and obsess about it. Yeah, yeah. Obsess, seethe, silently fume into your nut roast. Well, I mean, what else can you do? Nothing else you can do. you like a cantankerous uncle who you could like manipulate, plant a seed ah, in his head. You know, spokesperson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you, you think could... £25 is too much? You don't, do you? I don't know. I mean, I just don't know. You don't, 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 don't. <laughs> Am I asking the wrong person? <laughs> I, I, it does feel a little bit steep. If, there's no, if it's just one meal yeah. and no alcohol. And like if if it was the food for the entire, the entire day, which maybe it is, doesn't feel quite so bad. I think if you were going out to a restaurant, yeah. £25 sounds pretty reasonable. Yeah, yeah. 
That being said, restaurants are known for their markups, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> and I suppose she's got to cook it all, but to factor that into the price seems a bit off, doesn't it? To have yeah, calculated yeah, yeah. my time, yeah. um, what washing up I've got to do. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think maybe silently fume or recruit a spokesperson to say what say but you can't say oh no can you do it for less could you say uh, i've got a friend who works at a fruit and veg wholesaler he says he might be able to do it for a better price can you give me a breakdown of those numbers <laughs> yeah yeah i'll just see a spreadsheet <laughs> and then discuss it on the I mean, on the alternative whatsapp group like i'm guessing she's arrived you know i, I i'm I'm guessing she's not thinking, how can I make a tidy profit out of my family? No, but it's a bit weird that she's come to this very round number of £25 each. That feels a bit weird to me. Like, if she was properly calculating it, it's going to be something like £23.26, isn't it? Yeah, but... She's rounded up. Yeah. Not down. It would be weird to say £23.26. Because she's rounded up. Hmm. Maybe she's rounded down. Maybe she thinks it would be £26.23. Maybe, maybe. (sighs) I, I, I just, I think there is no alternative just to like think, well, if we're going to a restaurant, it'd be a lot more money. I, I, I don't have to do the washing up. Hopefully not. This is it. Pay the money, then refuse to help. <laughs> I pay my money. <laughs> pay my money. I'm not doing anything else. There you go. Okay, good. We've solved that one, I think. I, th- mm. I mean, like you've got the satisfaction of whinging about it to people in, this, in the subgroup. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. I just want to point out here: it's not because I'm so high and mighty that I don't have any perspective on these things. I just don't. It's, it's like it, it involves doing quite a lot of maths, I think, to work out what would be appropriate. It's, it's more like I know what it's like not to have enough money to do something, and then I know what it's like to. So I'm either in a position where I'm just like going to the supermarket and not thinking about it, mm. or I'm thinking. Uh, maybe I'll just live on crumpets for a week. <laughs> or whatever, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just the individual items. I don't want to get mm, bogged down in mm, how much a pint of milk is. No, that's not the way your brain works. No, that's why I'll never become a politician. <laughs> no, yes. that's the only reason yeah. why. Yeah. Uh, you could just come back to the toilet thing for a second. Oh, go on, yeah. I just remembered something that happened to me while I was in New York. Uh, we were in Washington Square Park and I took my son into the public toilet to change him and, and you know, clean up. And I'm talking to him and he's talking he's three babbles he's got a loud voice and i hear a guy in the cubicle next to us go excuse me excuse me there's a family toilet you should be using that one what isn't that weird what was the issue that if a family i guess it's that if a family toilet exists then why do i have to overhear the sound of a family wow i mean how how i mean what is going on for you psychologically <laughs> yeah. if to do your business in a toilet cubicle in a park nonetheless mm. in the middle of a, a, a major uh, uh, metropolis mm. that you can't hear the sound maybe he wasn't doing toilet business shall i say no more oh, oh. oh. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast and any other podcast you've listened to. We greatly appreciate it. If you have a quandary for Quandary Corner, then uh, then let us know and we'll try and solve it for you. 
It's hello at adriftpodcast.com. Same email address if you would like to contribute any uh, any any stories of your own social social awkwardness. Social. Social. <laughs> I'm very northern, but yeah. not even a bit of the north that I'm from there. Um, thanks to the man in the echo for the backing music and to Emily Harrison for the incidental music and to Vince Lynch and Simon Wilcox for being our announcers and making the little eye dents and to uh, Patrick Gunning and Juana Babu for providing technical support and, uh, and uh, thanks to Carla Gowlett for taking photos and Kim Rainey for the artwork and uh, is that it? We're finished? Yeah, I think so, yeah. So, so which way are you going then? <laughs> Drift. Podication time, and this comes from Carrie, Carrie Hill, who says, Hi, Jeff and Annabelle. Hi. Hi. I know this is short notice, but if you are able to, I would like to request a podication to myself for the podcast the week of the 21st of October, my birthday. Happy birthday. Mm. I'd like to think that someone else would do it for me, but I've told a few friends about the podcast and have yet to get a new faithful listener. I can't even get my husband to listen. Mm. He's not really very driftery, so I'm not sure he could relate anyway. I did have a friend at work that listened to one episode. Uh, I don't know what that says. She only listened to the one episode. It says bad things. Yeah, Yeah, it says bad things. Uh, yours was the first podcast I uh, ever listened to, and I'm glad that I chose Adrift to be my first podcast. I look forward to the new episodes every week, and when I start laughing in my cubicle at work, everyone knows I'm listening to Adrift. This this is good. So at first, when I read that, when it said she she we were the first, mm. I thought, well, maybe you know, it's just she's never listened to another, or it's some kind of misguided loyalty or something but there was, she still seems to be getting something out of it at least there do you think it's interesting that her colleagues hear her like laughing and, and they're still thinking not for me <laughs> uh, she says anyway i'm about to celebrate my 39th birthday and i would love to hear birthday wishes from you guys well happy birthday happy birthday i've had 39 more difficult than 40 in a way Oh, did you? Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't okay. know why, but, you know, I'm sure it was just underlying issues going mm. on at the time. It yeah. tends to be, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, I do have a quick story I think Jeff will appreciate. I'm a huge Seinfeld fan. I know Jeff is as well. I actually once had an experience very similar to an episode of Seinfeld. My husband and I reserved a rental car to drive on our vacation. When we showed up to pick up our car, we were told that there were no compact cars on the lot. Like Jerry, I asked how there could be no car because shouldn't the reservation keep the car there? Unlike Jerry, we had to wait over an hour for the car to be driven to us from the next closest rental car lot. I, however, did not threaten to beat the hell out of the car. Lol. Uh, needless to say, we were not too happy about the situation. Not quite as funny as Seinfeld uh, as it, when it happens in real life. Yeah, I know. I mean, that is the genius of that show, isn't it? <laughs> Taking things which are infuriating and making them funny. Uh, I did also want to offer my advice on the nickname work problem. As someone who goes by a work nickname um, that was given because there were two Carries in our, our office. For me, I don't even respond to the name Carrie anymore because if they ask for Carrie, I assume they mean the other Carrie. I would prefer new people uh, to also refer to me by my nickname, Chill. Oh my god, it's the greatest nickname! It's such a good nickname. Will you stop calling me chill? I know I'm the least chill person ever, but I just want to be chill. I can't call you chill because Carrie's known as chill. I know, but what if I could be chill too? You know why she's called chill? Why? 
because she's called Carrie Hill, so it's oh, a portmanteau. Oh, of... I thought it was because she was just so chill. Well, maybe maybe that as well. Yeah, probably both. Uh, even my boss calls me chill, which was a little weird at first, but now I can't imagine going by my real name at work. I don't know that I'd feel differently if there hadn't been another person in my office with the same name. For me, though, I liked everyone to call me by my nickname, even the newbies. I could not call you chill. My <laughs> advice would be to roll along with the nickname, even oh. if you don't know the person real well yet. Oh, it'd be so hard. Uh, bye for now. So says Chill. Well, hello, Chill. Happy birthday to Chill. Happy birthday, Chill. I love that we've got a listener called me Chill. Me too, Chill. A Seinfeld loving listener called mm. Chill. Things, things are going. Think this, this could be the turning point. <laughs> things are on the up now. Uh, well, there we go. Happy birthday, Chill. And uh, if you'd like a publication email, hello at adriftpodcast.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.